Next, we start with the Ukrainian president making his third trip to Washington since Russia invaded his country nearly two years ago. A statement from Volodymyr Zelensky's office says he will meet with U.S. President Biden about further defense cooperation. But right now, aid for Ukraine is bogged down in Congress amid a long-running domestic debate with some lawmakers saying it comes down to a matter of priorities. CNN's Kevin Liptak has more. President Zelensky's visit to Washington on Tuesday will come at a critical moment as lawmakers are working to come up with a package that would include new aid for Ukraine along with new rules on migration into the United States. And certainly the fact that President Biden invited Zelensky to visit Washington tells you that the administration is looking for some kind of dramatic way to break the impasse on Capitol Hill. So while he is in D.C., he will meet with President Biden at the White House to discuss what President Biden's aides say is vital American support for Ukraine, but he will also be on Capitol Hill. Zelensky will speak to all senators at a meeting in person, and he will meet as well with the Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson. And certainly his challenge will be in convincing some of these skeptical Republicans that the $60 billion in additional American assistance that President Biden is requesting for Ukraine could make a difference on the battlefield. As you Ukraine remains bogged down in this counteroffensive that hasn't necessarily changed the battle lines so far. But already you're hearing some Republicans sort of oppose Zelensky's visit. J.D. Vance, the conservative Republican from Ohio, said that Zelensky will come to Washington and demand that Congress care more about his border than our own. And remember, these talks are tied together with this conversation about tightening the rules on migration into the United States. We did hear Sunday from the two senators who are sort of leading those discussions, the Democrat Chris Murphy and the Republican James Langford. It did not appear as if they were any closer to an agreement. Listen to what they said. I think this is one of the most dangerous moments that I've ever faced in American politics, and I wish Republicans weren't holding Israel aid and aid to Ukraine hostage to the resolution of immigration reform. Can you get Ukraine aid passed separate from this? No, no. The, the, the focus is we hear from so many people is why would we deal with other people's national security and ignore American national security? Why would we literally allow people across our southern border? This administration labels national security risks by the thousands coming into the country, separate from just the migrants that are coming from employment. We have individuals, they've literally labeled national security risks coming into the country. Why would we not work to be able to stop that? We can do two things at once. Now, President Biden did say last week that he was open to significant compromise when it came to border provisions, but he is really caught in a bind here, feeling pressure from both sides, certainly from Republicans and even some Democrats who want to do more to stop the migrant flows from coming into the United States, but also on the other side from progressives and immigration advocates who are worried about the steps that President Biden might agree to, worried that they could amount to some of the restrictive policies that President Trump enacted when he was in office. Now, we did hear from Senator Chris Murphy today that the White House plans to become more engaged on these talks over the coming weeks, uh, but it remains certainly unclear whether presidential involvement will break the impasse. Kevin Liftak, CNN, Los Angeles. So let's discuss this further with CNN contributor Jill Doherty and an adjunct professor at Georgetown University. She's also a former CNN Moscow bureau chief. Good to have you with us. Hey, Rosemary. 
So President Joe Biden will host Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky at the White House Tuesday to discuss further defense cooperation. But of course, hanging over that series of planned talks is the reality that Congress is not fully on board with additional funding for the war-torn nation. So what all can possibly be achieved? Well, I think Zelensky's got a very difficult job, and this really may be the biggest, most important pitch that he has to make for his country. Because right now, as was just noted in that report, everything in the United States has been highly politicized. Obviously, we have an election coming up. And so any issue, and especially Ukraine, where you're talking about, you know, big amounts of money, you've got this package, overall package of $106 billion, $60 billion of which would go to Ukraine. The rest would go to Israel, uh, to uh, the border, and some other, Taiwan, in fact. But $60 billion is a lot of money. And as American lawmakers look at it, they don't believe that there is much progress that the Ukrainians are making. And also, they know, at least the Republicans know, that Joe Biden is really kind of over the barrel on this. He needs to continue that funding. That is a major purpose that he set out to do. And so they can hold him and they can pressure him on this issue of the border. Now, the Russians are saying security, the border is security. But there's, I think you'd have to say, a difference between armed invasion of another country, albeit another country, and people coming into a country. They're, they're quite different issues. But in the United States right now, they are intricately connected. And so it's very difficult. And I think Zelensky is going to have to rely on the power that he has emotionally to connect to people, but also to make that issue that uh, I get across that idea, which he's made before, that if Ukraine loses whatever lose means at this point, and Russia is perceived as winning, that it can be a danger to Europe and to the United States. So it's a very, very difficult task for him right now. Yeah, let's look at that, because what will the likely consequences be if conservatives dig in their heels and refuse to approve more aid for Ukraine? What will be the consequences? Paint us that picture. Well, it's pretty dire because right now the uh, the whole thing, the whole fight in Ukraine right now is about how much armaments you have, how much ammunition do you have, how many weapons do you have. And Ukraine is running out of this. In fact, it's quite um, predictable that soon, within weeks or certainly in months, that they could run out of equipment that they need to fight this war. Meanwhile, Russia has been getting uh, drones and ammunition, drones from, U from uh, Iran, ammunition from North Korea, in fact, quite a lot of it. So uh, this, is, this is the difficulty right now, that if Ukraine want, runs out of ammunition, the Russians will come in. They're already beginning that kind of winter offensive on the energy uh, resources of Ukraine, trying to cut down on heating and electric for the Ukrainians, making it very difficult as they did last year. And nobody knows exactly where that will all end, but it's a pretty um, dire, serious situation. Biden knows that, and certainly Zelensky knows that. That is why he's making this, you could say, last minute 
trip to the United States, going up to Capitol Hill and trying to make that uh, that pitch. The problem, I think, Rosemary, is when he talks to the Senate, there actually are some Republicans who support him uh, in the Senate. But when you get to the House, that is where uh, the conservatives are, and you could say really very far right conservatives who are opposed to Ukraine entirely, do not want to aid Ukraine. And, uh, you, and they can make this argument that can seem convincing, you know, American security. And uh, that's, that's difficult when you try to say helping another country will help the United States. It doesn't appear uh, to be a direct link to some Americans. And Jill, while we have you with us, what is your take on where the relationship stands right now between Russia's President Vladimir Putin and Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu after their talks uh, Sunday when Putin offered to help de-escalate the conflict in Gaza in response to civilian casualties there? Well, certainly Netanyahu is not happy with Putin. <laughs> There's no question. Putin has been, well, in, they, in fact, they invited Hamas representatives to Moscow a while ago. Uh, Putin has been very, very critical of the Israeli occupation, of the Israeli um, uh, operation. Um, they, I think what you're seeing is Russia trying to exploit divisions between the United States and, let's say, Israel, and the problems that the United States is having in the Arab world in general. And then also Russia and Putin trying to look very much like a power broker, trying to show that they still have influence. Recently, you know, over the past few years, their influence has waned. But right now, uh, you'd have to say that Putin is making the pitch to become or to be perceived as a power broker in the Middle East. Jill Doherty joining us uh, from Berlin. Many thanks. Uh, appreciate your analysis on this issue. Well, Mr. Zelensky spent Sunday in Argentina congratulating the country's new president, Javier Millet, on his inauguration. The two held a bilateral meeting after the swearing-in ceremony. The Ukrainian president posted that Argentina and Ukraine are united by their love for freedom, writing, we truly cherish it, protect it, and stand ready to strengthen it together. Zelensky also made time to meet with the presidents of Ecuador, Paraguay, and Uruguay.